It's interesting that uh, Brother Rich said what he said. I'm going to read you just a short passage um, in John chapter 3 that the Lord had, had placed upon my heart all week. I didn't know why, but now I know why. It's not part of my study, but it was obviously part of the God's will. So I'm going to read it to you. In John 3... Verses 23 to 25. And it says as follows. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man for he knew what was in man. So do you think it's uh, fair to say that we should examine our salvation? That we should examine where we stand with the Lord? That should be priority in our lives. Especially when we come before His presence in the congregation. Stop and think. Are you really part of the family? If you're not, you're amongst a beautiful family and you have the opportunity to become part of that family. And just lay all things aside. Lay your religion aside. Lay your own opinions aside and just let the Lord break your heart and make it again. And he will. And he will. I just thought it would be important to say that. I mean, there's no no coincidences. The Lord put something upon uh, Rich's heart and uh, it was for a reason. Yesterday was a blessing. It was a blessing. Um, there was a lot of fellowship. There was food. There was a lot of praise and worship. There was food. There was a good word. And there was food. We left here just walking and waddling like ducks, I think, by the end of the day. It was funny. On the way home... Um, I was blessed to have my two youngest sons here, Michael and Randy, with me. It was a real blessing. The Lord uh, answered some prayers. But on the way home, I was uh, talking with Randy, and I, and I go, Mijo, Pastor Xavier, he's he's something, huh? He just doesn't beat around the bush. He says, Dad, he doesn't beat around the bush. He takes a chainsaw to it. <laughs> so I know he was blessed. The Lord is good. Let's go to uh, John. Chapter 13, the main part of the study is 31 to 35. Thank you, bro. John 13. 31 to 35. Everyone can hear me fine, right? Yeah. I'm going to read actually from, uh, the study will be on 31 to 35, but I'm going to read from 30 to 38. Having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately 
and it was night. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God would also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow. Follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lie down my life for your sake. Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Amen. It's a pretty familiar passage of the word, isn't it? I don't like these glasses because uh, they make me look smarter than I really am. <laughs> so it creates high expectations. Don't have high expectations, okay? But it's a tool. It's a tool. Um, up to this point, uh, Jesus is basically having a, la- a long, long goodbye with his uh, disciples. He's had a meal with them. He's washed their feet. He's uh, publicized the fact that one of them would, in fact, betray him. That one being, of course, Judas Iscariot. And we come to these verses. It says, Having received the piece of bread... He then went out immediately, and it was night. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. Indeed, it was was night. It was a dark time. Not only physically, but spiritually. Man, there was a dark cloud hanging over this, this place while Judas was there. And he leaves. And it's curious that um, it's more than curious. It's appalling that someone who's seen the wonders, the miracles, the love of Jesus would be able, would be able to betray. But it's a last-ditch effort of the enemy of Satan himself, to try and conquer Jesus. Let me tell you right now, if there's any foolishness in the world, it's someone who thinks he can conquer Jesus. The God of the universe? He was created by the God of the universe. How is he going to conquer? But, like we say in Spanish, eran las patadas Las últimas patadas de un ahogado. That means it's the last flailings, the last swats at the water for someone who's drowning. And he was drowning. He thought that by killing Jesus, 
he would be victorious. And we all know how that went for him. Jesus, um, now feeling more at ease, now that the darkness had gone, now that Judas had left, just a minute. Do you guys ever think about how much he betrayed Jesus for? What was the count? 30 pieces of silver. I mean, if you're going to betray the king of the universe, the creator of all things, you think you'd try to get more than 30 bucks or 30 shekels. Excuse me, it's not 30 bucks. And I thought it interesting, so I started doing some research, and I went to uh, Exodus 21:32, and I found out that 30 pieces of silver was a going price for, guess what? A slave. Kind of ironic, huh? The king came as a slave. But he conquered as a king. This, it's, it's a, as we used to say in the neighborhood, it's a trip. 30 pieces of silver for the king of the universe. That just shows you the malignancy of the, of the mind of, of a human. The tendency to do wrong for the smallest amount of money. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I used to, this is going a little, little more than I should have, but I heard of a, of a, of a tribe in Mexico. I won't tell you where they were from because I might condemn some of you. <laughs> but they would take out a machete and kill somebody for 10 pesos. That's how humanity is without Christ. Depraved. It's a sad, sad situation. But we come to the joyful part. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. The, man is, uh, the Son of Man is glorified. The Son of Man is a, is a title that uh, Jesus used to describe himself, to describe his humanity, to describe the fact that he was incarnate, that he was here in the flesh, that he was one of us in so, ma- in so much as the fact that he, he felt what we felt. He was tempted as we're tempted. That's why he, he was a Son of Man. And at the, simul- at the same time, simultaneously, simultaneously, he was God. Um, Dr. Ron Rhodes, who's a, a scholar, an apologist, an author, he said, um, the incarnation did not involve the, subtra- the subtraction of deity, but the addition of humanity. Do we understand that? God came in the flesh. Humanity was added to our Lord. It became part of his person here on earth. And that's a remarkable thing. If you guys want to write down some um, verses where you could learn about that, uh, John 10.30. 
John 8:58 John 1 verses 1 through 5 What do you think it means that he's glorified at this moment? Don't you think he he had the glory while he was doing the miracles? While he was doing the wonders? While he taught? From what I understand it, I looked it up in the Greek. I learned that here at Calvary Chapel, how to look up things in the Greek. I used to think that. Man, these guys are all Bible scholars. And I found this crazy thing called a thesaurus and Strong's Concordance. I go, wow, we could all learn this. But it, the word is doxazo. Doxazo. And it means glory rendered or made apparent or given unto. At that moment, although he had the glory, it was now being announced. He's saying, okay, guys, this is the home stretch. The battle has started. You're going to see my glory, the glory given unto me by my Father. And we see it through his crucifixion, death, resurrection, and ascension. We see it, his glory. So he's exalted. His majesty is revealed. And it's revealed in the task that he's about to endeavor, right? The last stretch, the crucifixion, the death, and the resurrection. His greatness is revealed in the work of the redemption. And all for, the, for all those who, who witnessed it, they witnessed the whole spectacle. I mean, the false trial, his beatings, um, the crucifixion, the death, the resurrection. It was made obvious who he was. I mean, if we read Mark 15:39, even a Roman centurion, someone who wasn't brought up in the law, someone who wasn't privy to the scriptures, what did he confess? Surely this is the Son of God. It's made apparent. It's obvious if we stop and watch, if we stop and listen. If we remove all our religious walls, our religion is not going to take us anywhere. God's Word will. God's Spirit will. It'll give us a resurrected life if we accept Jesus. Even the centurion. It also says, that God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. You know how God is glorified? Through Jesus, we recognize who God is. We recognize that God accepts nothing but perfection. Oh, don't be worried. 
We're not perfect, but he accepts us because we're covered by the blood. That's what makes us perfect in his sight. Okay? But he accepts nothing but perfection. So he couldn't pass over sin. He had to do something about it. And his glory is magnified when we realize that he gave his only begotten son to be a suitable sacrifice for our sins. That's how he's glorified in what the son has done. We find out that he's a just God, but he's a justifying God. Through Christ, we're justified. He's just. That means nothing other than perfection is allowed in his kingdom but justifying in the fact that he gave his only begotten son. So whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We know all the, all the, all the verses, right? John 3.16. But has it gone from here to here? We need to ponder these things all the time, all the time. But God is glorified in His Son. And if God is glorified in His Son, He's going to glorify and exalt His Son now, immediately. He doesn't wait until the end of the age. He says, If God is glorified in Him, God, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Um, let's go to a passage that really explains that better than I can. Philippians 2. Verses 5 through 11. I'll read it. It's amazing. You know, we've all heard it said by Pastor Manny so many times, but... We're learning it as we go along. The Bible interprets itself. Amen? All i got to do is find Philippians. Okay, chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Check out, listen to what it says. I don't really need to explain it. Just listen. It says, did we all find it? Say amen if you found it. Praise God. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Okay, remember what we just read about the exaltation, the glory of God, the glory of Jesus. It says, let this mind be in you, who was also in Christ Jesus. What, what did Jesus call himself? The Son of Man, right? Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of what? Of men. And being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. What did God do? He exalted him. It's going back to John, right? Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven 
and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Does that interpret that other passage perfectly or not? I don't have to be a good teacher to be able to figure that out. I just look up and cross-references and I go, man, God is good. And Paul was connected, certainly. <laughs> I mean, if he came up with these things, certainly he was connected to what God's desires were and his word was. Every knee should bow. Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Have we done that in our lives? I know we're all born-again Christians. And if you're not, tonight's your opportunity. Bow down before the Lord. Lift him up. Recognize who he is and what he can do for you. Because you can't do anything for him. Pastor Xavier said something last night that caused a little bit of a chuckle in my heart. He says, uh, God is not impressed by men. But every man that sees God is impressed by God. Simple truths. Amen? Let's go back. His own son, man. Can you imagine that? Some of us aren't willing to give up our couch when we get home. Man, where's our mind? Where's our mind? He glorified him immediately. Verse 33, guys. I like this. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come, so now I say to you. We'll stop right there. Little children. Correct me if I'm wrong, but up to this point, I don't remember him directing himself to to the disciples in that manner. Little children. It's a term of endearment. I mean, when you call someone mijo or mija, that's a term of endearment. My little one, my son, my daughter. And Jesus right here says, little children. I don't think he ever said it while Judas was present. Correct me if I'm wrong. But now he feels at ease. It goes back to what you read in chapter 3 of John. He knows those who are committed to him. There are many that profess, but he knows those who are committed. And he calls them his little children. Man, all that power, all that awesomeness, and still the tenderness to be nurturing to his kids. He's calling a bunch of grown fishermen little children. I can't imagine myself calling Andrew, hey, mijo. (laughs) you know it's just not going to happen but when you're the God of the universe you look at the most gruff rough tough person in the world and he's a child amen God is so good little children what's he say you will see me 
I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and that I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. He said that to the Jews several times. If you guys want to look it up in John 7:39, John 8:21, John 14:19, he used that statement and that phrase. But never did he ever say what it says in John 14:1 through 6 that he would go and prepare a place for them and would come back. Never did he say like he said to Peter in verses 36 through 38 that you can't come now Peter but you will come later he says that to his children he said that to the Jews giving them the opportunity to repent but they were so dead in their sins and trespasses and their blindness and their religion that ugly word religion if someone asks you what denomination you are don't say you're a Calvary chaplain <laughs> you know, say, say you know what I'm a Christian. I follow Christ. And that's it. Point blank. I love the Lord. I love the fellowship of my brothers and sisters. But the Jews were, they were blinded. We were often blinded. Some of us are still blinded. It took me five years of hearing the word and having a beautiful wife who gave me a great example before I understood before I released my, my ego and my pride, and I said, Lord, you're Lord. With you, I'm, without you, I'm nothing. We need to come to that realization. I realize I'm preaching to the choir, guys, but some of us may need to hear this. So write those down. John 7:39, John 8:21, John 14:19. But to the disciples, it was different. My little children, you can't come now. But you will come. Let me read some verses pertaining to that. John 13, 36 to 38, which is what he told Peter, right? We just read that. John 14, 1 to 4, which I mentioned. Let's just read that real quick. Don't believe what I say. Believe what I read. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. God is good, guys amazing talking to humans and talking to them like they're deserving sons and daughters we're not but God is good verse 34 praise God guys a new commandment I give to you we're back in John 14 by the way a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Is this a new commandment? Really? Is it? 
It is. Don't let me confuse you. <laughs> Pay attention. No, I'm kidding. It is a new commandment. Because there's, st- there's a stipulation in it. What's it say? Love as I have loved. Can we love like Jesus? We can now. Because he sent the helper. He sent the consoler. He sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. So who is it that lives through us? Christ, through the Holy Spirit. We have to, what's the word? Decrease. I was going to say menguar, which is in Spanish. We have to decrease, and he has to increase. Every day that goes by, I should see more of Christ in Robbie and less of Robbie. Do you guys know what that means? That's not an insult to Robbie. That's a compliment to someone who's becoming a true servant of God. I miss seeing him back there. I felt safe when he was in the back watching over us. But the Lord has has his purposes, right, Rob? God is good, guys. I say that a lot. So we have to love the way he told us to love. If we go to Matthew 22, 37 through 39, this is where uh, the little Jews, the authorities, the teachers are trying to catch uh, Jesus on a mistake, right? Let's go there. 22, 37 through 39 of Matthew. And I'll read from actually from verse 34. It says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? When he said teacher, he probably said it under his breath, sarcastically. He says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So we come to John and we read where Jesus says this. A new commandment. And we stop and we doubt. Mark, you confused us. No. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Okay, we know that much. But this is the stipulation. This is the... I can't think of anything. I was going to say coup de gras, but that don't sound cool coming from me. This is the, the, just the main thing here. We need to love another as how? As I have loved you, meaning how Jesus loved us. That's the way you should love one another. Impossible for us, yes. Possible for us, yes, if the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Just as a side note, we need to pray every day for the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. I'm not talking about being uh, 
baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about Him dwelling in us every day. Giving us a perfect Christian testimony. The perfect Christian life. But only when Christ dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. We need to do that. And what kind of love you think Christ had? What does it say in John 15? I believe it's 37. No, 13. No one has a greater love than, than this, to lay down your life for a friend. Jesus laid down his life for us. My question is, do you lay down your life for your friends, for your brothers and sisters? And I'm not saying literally go out and get crucified. I'm saying, do you decrease? Do you serve? Remember, Judas got money for a servant, for a slave. If the Lord was a slave who washed disciples' feet, what do we need to do? Always put ourselves at minimum second place, but optimally last place. Put God first, our wife next, our kids next, friends and family in the church. Don't be shocked that I said church last, but if it wasn't for friends and family, there wouldn't be a church. So, Okay, guys? I love this church. And I say I'm preaching to the choir because I've felt so much love in this church. It's awesome. If you ask people, new people, because every Sunday you see new faces, it's amazing. I don't know how much of the sermon they even understand. I hope all of it. But what they do understand is all these walking Bibles. You. The love you have for each other. We need to love each other. That's what the next verse says. Right? Man, you read the next verse for me. Verse 35. In a loud, manly voice. That was good and manly. Yeah. <laughs> we came from a men's fellowship last night. <laughs> Man, that is so awesome. Man, I used to ask my kids, what are you guys? And they would catch my drift pretty quickly. You know, I thought they'd say Mexican, American. Daddy's, uh, daddy's little boy, daddy's little girl. They'd say, we're Christian. There was an old Christian song that I used to listen to, believe it or not, when I was in the Catholic Church. They will know we are Christian by our love. Straight from this verse. It was an awesome song. If there's anything I remember from back then, it was that. We're not uniformed in what we wear. Although we often come in here with Calvary Almani t-shirts, right? That's very cool. Sweatshirts, hoodies, everything. We got the stickers. Not of this world, man. As soon as I see one of those, I know it's got to be a Calvary guy. I just know it. I've got to stop him on the freeway and ask. But that's not the defining characteristic. 
That's not what's, what's going to get us noticed. It's what makes us shine. It's what makes us outstanding within a group. The love. The love of Jesus in our hearts. The love we share with each other. Man, I, 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 I am so, so saddened by the fact that my uh, three of my kids still haven't dedicated their life to the Lord. And I say to myself, am I living the life? Is Christ's love apparent between my wife and I? I think yes. It's just not time. And it's all in the Lord's time, right? But my prayer every night is, is this. Lord, may your time be now. Jesus had, has a heart for us. We should have a heart for our brothers and sisters. We should have that defining characteristic, that love. He died for us while we were still in the enemy's camp. While we were still dead in our sins and our trespasses. He died for us. He gave his life for decaying people. How many of us would stoop low to help out a brother who's fallen? who's back into drugs, who's back into addictions, who's cheated on his wife. Where does the love go? Do we become self-righteous, pompous, little Christianettes? Or do we, God, I'm, I'm starting to scold, guys. I'm sorry. That's not, that's not the purpose of this. But God is good, man. Meditate. Analyze your life. The Lord's good, man. We're, we're reaching out to Cambodia. We're reaching out to India. We've, we've got a child in Cambodia. A child. But the Lord's with her, so she's powerful. Now, my question is, are we reaching laterally here in church? Amen? Let's pray, guys. Get up. Let's stand up. Dear Father, we thank you so much, Father, for this honor and this privilege, Father. I pray that your word has been uh, hearkened unto and just listened to and, and, and consumed, Father. Just remove all my errors, remove all my quirkiness, and just uh, let your, your love shine through, Father, and just uh, touch the lives and the hearts of all those present, Father. And may they just leave this place so connected to you that they, they just light up. Light up the rooms wherever they go. May your glory be present in their lives, Father. I just ask you to bless everyone present, Father, and just uh, just fill us with your love each and every day, Father. Give us ears to hear and a heart to to understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys.